Well, on a completely different note, we are, we're starting a new series. I'm going, to, I'm going to preach on the next few weeks on giving. All right, now everybody was giving me amens before. So now <laughs> don't run out. All right, but I'm going to preach on the next few weeks on giving, and I've entitled this series, Live to Give. The reason why I have done that is because I have a friend His name is Jesus, and this is his motto. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loves to give. He loves to be a giver. His life was a life of giving. And when you first hear that, the first thing you think of is our only finances, and we're going to talk about that. We are going to talk about finance. We're not going to shy away from that, okay, because it's part of what we do. But we're going to talk about your life as a giver, okay? Your life is a life of one who gives. Listen, we were born um, corrupt, okay? We were born in sin, shaping in iniquity. We were born to take. Parents know that because let me ask the parents in the house this morning, which of you had to teach your kids how to say me and I, right? None of you, right? They, we, they, we, all of us come out that way as takers. Me, me, I, I'm hungry, right? That type of thing. We come out that way naturally. Now, as a baby, that's fine because you have to do that because, you, you know, a baby cannot talk and it needs to, uh, the mother and the father need to know when it's hungry, when it's, you know, all of those types of things. It needs to be changed. But I tell you what, when that child starts to get five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, they can do some things for himself or herself, uh, that, that thing is still embedded. Me, I, you know, do this for me, iron my shirt, make me some cereal type of thing. And, uh, and they can do some things on their own. So we, the Bible says to train your children in the way they should go. That's why they must be trained. That's why we can't just say, just find yourself. They can't find themselves. They don't even know where to look. We must train them, okay? And so we were born uh, in sin, shaping in iniquity. We were born takers, but we were born again givers. And a lot of us don't know that, that we were born again giverless, givers. So I'm going to focus primarily on finances, but, I, but I'm going to talk about our whole life as being a giver. And I won't apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for, for preaching on giving because, listen, Satan knows that if we preach about this and we talk about it biblically the right way, then it will help you. It's what God wants you to do. And he knows that it will help you. And so anything that's going to help you, Satan tries to come against. And I believe that's why our mind has formed all of these things against giving. All right? And so Satan knows that. But... God knows that if you hear it and get it in your heart, it's going to help you. You're going to be right in the middle of his will. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 13. Chapter 13. And as I said, I'm not going to apologize for preaching on this. I won't apologize for preaching on grace. I won't apologize for preaching on marriage. I won't apologize for preaching on mercy or forgiveness. And I won't apologize for preaching on giving and finances. It's, it's part of uh, what God wants us to do. Amen? Exodus chapter number 13. And let's see. Let's start at verse 1. Exodus chapter 13. Let's look at verse 1. 
And the Bible says in verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all of the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. So what's he saying? The firstborn belongs to me. It is mine. Whatever comes out of the womb first, it is mine. Drop down to verse 12 for me. Verse 12 says that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among you, among your sons, you shall redeem. I titled this first message in this series, God Must Be First. God must be first. And I think we're going to see it clear in Scripture, a principle that God's put in there that a lot of us miss. A lot of us miss. There's three things I want to point out about this. The first thing is the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. All right? So you might want to write that down. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. What is God saying here and what does this have to do with finances? What does this have to do with giving? Well, I'm going to show you. I'm glad you asked that question and you're wondering that. God is saying the firstborn belongs to me. Just like the tithe belongs to me. The firstborn belongs to me. So what is he saying here? He says, if you have an animal and it's a clean animal, the firstborn is to be sacrificed unto me. If it's an unclean animal, then you must take the firstborn of a clean animal, sacrifice it in order to redeem the unclean animal. Do you get that? Right? So if it's, a, if it's a clean animal, firstborn comes out, you must sacrifice that unto me. If it's an unclean animal, he mentioned the donkey in here, if it's an unclean animal, you must take a clean animal, sacrifice it, it will redeem the unclean animal. Now in the Old Testament, 1 Corinthians tells us in chapter 10 that everything was given as an example for us. All that they went through in the Old Testament was an example and an ensample, he actually uses in King James, for us in the New Testament. So if an animal is unclean, it needs to be redeemed. Let's think about this for a moment. All of you in here, were you born clean or unclean? We were all born unclean. We were all unclean when we came out. We just said that. David said, for I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Ever since the fall, we're all born unclean. Now, let me ask you this question. Was Jesus born clean or unclean? Clean, because he had clean blood. You see, though he was wrapped in flesh, his blood was perfect and it was clean because it was the blood of the Holy Spirit, all right? So he was born clean. So you and I were all born unclean. Jesus was born clean. Jesus was sacrificed, the firstborn over all creation, come on, so that the unclean could be redeemed. He redeemed us. 
According to Colossians 1.15 and 1.18, he is the firstborn over all, unclean, over all creation. We're unclean. Jesus is clean. He is sacrificed for us. Now, this can relate to every area of our lives, our time, our children, and our money. What is the principle that God is telling us here? The principle that he's telling us here is the first is the clean. And if you would sacrifice the first part of it, you'll redeem the rest of it. I believe so often we uh, throw away or throw aside or don't realize the principle of the first. Yes, tithing, the word tithe means 10%. But I believe that the principle behind that is the first. It really is, and maybe you'll see that more as we go along. You know, so many people talk about tithing and getting the the 10% right, but they never get the principle that the first belongs to God. The first belongs to God. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. I'm going to make a really strong statement. I believe that Jesus was God's tithe. In other words, Jesus was the firstborn. He was clean. He was sacrificed for the unclean while we were yet sinners. He was sacrificed for us. In other words, while we were mocking him and spitting on him and and talking about him, he was dying for us while we were crucifying him. Now, here's the thing about that. Here's why I say that. It's because God sacrificed Jesus for us. You could say it this way. He sacrificed him in faith. You could say it that way. I want to show this principle to you when, I'm, when we're talking about giving of your finances and of your time and of clothing, if you give that away, or whatever it is that you give away. God didn't wait until he knew for a fact that everyone would be saved and then sacrifice Jesus. Jesus sacrificed himself and the Father sacrificed Jesus in faith in the hope that people would then believe and be saved. He didn't wait. How does that relate to us? What do we do so often? We, often we wait for the right time. Hello, Sister Kim. It's good to see you. We wait to see if everything's going to turn out right, how's it going to turn out, and then I'll commit to it. God didn't do that. He sacrificed up front in faith, in the hope that we would all come to him. Now, of course, God is omniscient, omnipresent, And he knows all things. I know that. But he's showing us a principle here. He's showing us a principle of the first. He didn't wait for you to change. He didn't wait for you to accept and believe. He gave Jesus first. He didn't say, listen, he didn't say, well, if if you would believe, then I would go die on the cross for you. He went and he died on the cross for us. With the result not being manifest yet. Come on. In the same way, we need to give our time, our relationships, our finances to God first before we see any blessing or result. Because what we must understand is the blessing and the result, though we don't serve God for results. We serve him because he's good and he's worthy of, our, of us, of our praise and adoration. But you don't see the blessing and result God is trying to tell us until you come into his presence and obey him. And then when you do that, you'll see the blessing and the result of living an abundant life. Remember in Egypt, the whole nation of Israel was redeemed. Remember this? When an angel, the angel of death, passed over. 
If you don't remember that, read. Way back, and in fact, start back in, at the end of Genesis uh, with Joseph and, and see how that whole thing went and uh, how Egypt and how Israel got into slavery and all of that and then go right on up through Exodus and read that and you'll see that when those, I mean, people remember the ten plagues, right? If you, even if you haven't read the story, you've heard about the ten plagues that came on Egypt, right? The locusts and the flies and the blood moon and the, all of these types of things. Well, the last plague was when the angel of death came over and took all of the firstborn males. Now, first of all, let me just a side item here. Why was God able to do that? Why was he able to come over and take all of the firstborn males? Well, the reason is because the first, we must understand this principle. God is saying the first belongs to me in everything. The first belongs to me. That's what God is saying. So he had every legal right to come and take the firstborn male. But he told the Israelites something that he didn't tell the Egyptians. If the Egyptians would have got it, they would have been able to save their males as well. But he didn't tell them. He said, what I want you to do is to take a lamb, a clean animal, a clean lamb, the firstborn lamb. I want you to kill it, sacrifice it. And I want you to put the blood up on the lentils and on the doorposts. And then when the angel passes over, then I will not take the firstborn. And in fact, if you look at it, and now this is what they did. Imagine the doorposts here of their house. Now just imagine this for a moment. Two doorposts, and then they have the post that goes across the top. What God told them to do, if you study it, is to take the blood, and he said, put some blood right here, okay, on this post. Then you come over here, you put some blood right here. And then I want you to put the blood on the top and it will drip down. So if you look at that, what does that form? First think about a man on a cross where the blood is right here and the thorns on his head and it drips down. So think about it. If you look at it that way, it forms a cross. Israel was saved by the blood of a lamb in the form of a cross. How are you and I saved? By the blood of the perfect lamb in the form of a cross. See, God does everything for a reason. Does everything for a reason. Now imagine if you lived in those times and and you had sheep. And one of your sheep had a lamb, which was the firstborn. And you had to give that to God. Can you imagine your son, you know, coming up to you and saying, you know, Dad, uh, you know, I understand we, you know, we're, we're killing the sheep, firstborn sheep. But I just want you to know that we're in the sheep business. And we don't know if this sheep is going to have any more sheep. And so I just don't understand why you're killing the firstborn and we don't have any more. Father would say, listen, I am obeying the Lord because the first, no matter what happens, even if the sheep didn't have any more, the first one belongs to God. And if we give the first to God, the rest will be blessed. And that's the principle. He didn't wait till he had 10 sheep. And then give, you know, one of them to God. The firstborn belongs to the Lord. God didn't wait and say, well, you know, let me have more children than Jesus. And, and then I'll just, you know, uh, I'll just take one of them. The firstborn over all creation. In fact, his only begotten son. You know, it's up to us. You know, we, we can't just say, well, I'll just, I have these kids and I'll just give the bad one to the Lord. <laughs> well think of it we do every, every every other area of our life that way you know when we're giving away a shirt 
Well, and my wife, she's been on me ever since we've been married about things like that. Give away a shirt. Well, why are you giving away that old shirt that's got holes in it? And you spilled mustard on it from those cookouts. And now you want to give that away to Goodwill. If you want to give something to somebody, give away something good. Give away one of your best ones. Come on. This is what God is trying to teach us, right? The first must be sacrificed or redeemed. Number two, the first fruit must be offered. Drop down to Exodus 20, actually go over to Exodus 23. Look at verse 19 with me. I don't have it up there, but that's okay. It says this, Exodus 23, verse 19. It says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Another version says, the best of the first fruits you shall bring into. I think it's pretty clear if you look at it there that he's talking about the first of the first fruits. He says, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Or the best of the first fruits you shall bring into the house of the Lord. Listen, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. See, I, we, we got this thing down, some of us, about tithing and giving to the Lord, but we don't have it down altogether in our hearts about it being the first fruits of all of our increase. And listen to what he says, So your barns will be filled with plenty. Remember, we talked about God as the God of way too much, more than enough, over the top. This is what he's saying to you. If you just give the first to me, your barns will be filled, not just filled with what you need, but they'll be filled with plenty, plenty. It's the Bible. <laughs> and your vats will overflow. And I like this part of it, with new wine. Not just regenerated wine, with new wine. Some spilled out, guess what? New's coming in. New wine. We look at that and say, well, you know, that's just, we're wasting some wine. Well, you know what? It's hard to waste it when there's an unlimited supply and it just doesn't end, right? It, it just does. And that's hard for us sometimes to get into. I understand that. It's difficult sometimes for us to get that into our mind because we must be diligent people, right? We have to be that. Uh, but when it, when it comes to the principles of God, and obeying God, we must understand that God is limitless. He is truly limitless. All he wants from us is the first. Honor the Lord with all of your possessions, with the first fruits of your increase. That's how you honor him. He didn't even ask you to give it all to him. He just said, give me the first of the first fruits, the best of the first. And guess what? All of the rest will be blessed. This principle of giving first to God, this isn't, and, and by the way, you know, when you talk about, I'm talking about tithing as well. When you talk about tithing, by the way, tithing wasn't just part of the law. Tithing was, was grafted into the law. And, 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 and by the way, with that, you can't just take something from the law and, and say, well, that's Old Testament and throw it out just because it was in the law. You can't do that. You can't just say, well, because it was in the law, it, it was good then, but it's bad now. That'd be like saying something that was bad in the law is good now. It, that's, that's crazy. But, but think about it. This wasn't even... Th listen, 500 years before the law, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek. And in fact, 2,500 years before that... Let me show you something. Go to, go to, go to Genesis chapter 4. Go to Genesis chapter 4. 
I, I want to show you something here because I remember hearing a story, and I heard it too when I was taking some my, my religious studies course in college and uh, studying. This there's, there was one person who emailed the professor or facilitator and uh, asked a question. He said, "You know, one of the things we're doing Old Testament survey," and he said, "One of the things I don't understand is why did God accept?" Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering, right? That's a good question. Some of you know this because you went back and read it. But um, some of you still may have that question. Well, why did he? And, and uh, you know, I thought that's a good question. And the professor, to his credit, said, you know, I don't know. That just may be one of those things where we have to wait till we get to heaven to find out why God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's offering. I heard someone preaching on it one day, and then I went back and read it, and it's clear. It is clear and is so relevant to what we're talking about with what he's saying. You know, it, Genesis chapter 4, look at verse, well, let's just start at verse 1. Let me get over there. Genesis chapter 4, let's look at uh, verse 1. What are we talking about here? We're talking about Cain and Abel. It, it, and actually, let me go down. Let's see, uh, well, let's just go back to verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this, this time his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And listen, here's the key phrase in this whole thing. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. One of them raises livestock, one of them tills the ground. The one that raises livestock gives of the firstborn. The one that tills the ground, now listen, we just read it. It says, in the process of time, he gave an offering. And it became clear to me. To me, it's, it's Cain, you know, in the process of time, he waited, you know, maybe to see what all he had, and then he brought one of whatever he had to the Lord, and the Lord didn't respect it. Why? Because it was not the first. It was not the best. Why would the Bible clearly distinguish that Abel brought of the first fruit, and Cain, in the process of time, he brought an offering? To me, that's pretty clear. Listen, it's this, I understand the 10% with the tithe. And I understand our hearts to be a giver. But God is saying, if you'll give to me the first, he has to have. Listen, do you understand this? That God cannot be second. He, he, he can't, legally, he can't be second. Morally, he can't be second. Theologically, spiritually, he cannot be second. He, he can't take second place. He will not respect it. He will not respect your offering if you give him second best because he cannot be second in your life. You can't say, well, it's my family and it's my job and then after that I serve the Lord. He won't respect that. I'm just showing you by what the word says. That rubs some people the wrong way, but he can't. I've said before, you know, if God played a game of golf, his score would be 18 (laughs) because he'd hit it in every hole. He can't be second place. I mean, if he played, what's that, uh, I don't know what that game is my son and, and Josh play all the time, the, the shoot 'em up game, you know, Commando, what is it now, oh, Call of Duty, you know, they play Call of Duty, they're shooting each other, and what happens is when they shoot each other, if you get shot, you just have to wait for a couple seconds and then you regenerate and get back up, you know, you hit the A button or something and you get back up. If God played Call of Duty, he would kill everybody and never get shot, just because he can't, he, it's impossible for him to be second, he can't do it. 
It's impossible for him to do it. And I think once we get that in our mind and get that in our head, we'll understand the principle of the first in our life. He deserves, not just deserves, what's, a, what's another word for it? He has to have the first. So we've gone from when we started talking about this thing to there's a principle of the first and that's kind of what we should do to now I'm hoping you're realizing that there is no other way. You can't do anything else but make sure God is first in everything, that he's your first resort, not your last resource, your first resource, not your last resort. He has to be first in everything you do. If God was in an Olympic event, all he could do was get a gold medal. He can't. He can't get any. His score would be 100 in everything he did. That's just who he is. I'm not saying it's what he does because he's so good. You know, he's as good as LeBron James or Peyton Manning. No, it's not because he's so good athletically. It's just because that's who he is. He shows up and he's first. He walks into the room. He's first over everything. He is perfect. He, is, he was before all things, and after all this has passed away and long gone, he'll still be here. That's, that's the God that I'm talking about. That's the God that we serve. Second place is simply not good enough for God. We must understand that, and I hope you're getting that this morning. And then the third thing is the tithe must be first. Okay, Really, these are three points of the same point. But I just kind of reiterated them to you three different ways. The tithe must be first. Leviticus, Leviticus 27 verse 30 says that the tithe must be first and it is holy to the Lord. It is holy. That's Leviticus. Now I know some people throw tithing out because they say, well, it's, the, it's in the Old Testament. But I just said you can't throw it out. You, and people say, well, you know, well, let's look at other things that were in the law. Let's look at, you know, killing animals like we talked about in Deuteronomy. And we don't do that today. It's been fulfilled. It's not changed. There's no difference in killing animals then and killing them now. The only thing is there's one that was perfect that was killed for all time. You understand? So that just fulfilled that part of the law. It didn't change. You didn't say, well, I'm going to do it now. Now all of a sudden I'm changing gears and I'm going to do this. No, he fulfilled that. You mu- and we must understand that in the law. He fulfilled that part of it. Tithing is not fulfilled. It's a principle that's going to last until we go to be with the Lord. It, the Bible says it's holy unto the Lord. Tithing is the same way. It must be first. Now, I know a lot of people throw it out because it's under the law. But, uh, you know, 500 years before the law, Abraham tied to Melchizedek. And I just showed you in Genesis, I believe that this is the principle of the first. I realize that. But I showed you in the garden where God wouldn't would accept one offering because it was first and wouldn't accept the other one because it wasn't first. And actually, if you want to go back even further than that, I believe that uh, really when, when, when God set the tree in the middle of the garden, that was his tie there. He said, this one belongs to me. You can have all the rest. If you'll respect this one, let me have this one, all of the rest will be blessed. Everything else is going to be blessed. Let me show you something else. Do you remember in, uh, in the book of Joshua, the Israelites, Moses had died, and they were going in to take the land in Jericho. Anybody remember this story, right? And uh, Joshua was leading the people over there, and they were going to take a city. Anybody remember the name of that? It's Jericho, right? And so what happened was, what did he tell them to do? March around the city seven times, blow the trumpet, right, on the seventh time around, seventh day, and the walls will come down. And here's what God said, if you go back and read it. He said, now, give me all, 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 all of the possessions in Jericho. 
Is there any question about how much he needed? It was all. Exactly. That's right, Lois. You got it because you've been listening to the message, you know. And uh, you knew that already. But he said, give me. But you might say, well, how, wait a minute, Lord. How, you, how can you take all, all, all when you just, it's, I thought it was just about the first. I thought it was just about 10%. Well, here's the thing, because Jericho was only the first city of all that they were going to take. He said, if you'll give me this first, it's it's the principle of the first. If you give me this first city, all of it, all of it, everything else you take in the whole promised land will be yours. Not only that, but it will be blessed more than whatever you could have done. It will be blessed if you... Now, one man didn't understand that principle of the first. And he said, well, I don't know if we're going to take any more cities. This might be the only city we take. So he kept a little bit back, right? He didn't get it. Now, listen, in Joshua chapter 6, you'll see that God called all of that blessed. He said, this is, is blessed. I will bless everything else. Give it all to me. And it's blessed. In Joshua chapter 7, after Achan took it, he called it cursed. That's a very important principle for you to understand. I'm about to end, but I want you to understand that principle. He, when it was first given to him, it's all blessed. When you keep the first, God called it cursed. Now, back to the issue of money. I would rather ha- give God 10% and the first, more importantly to me, as I'm understanding this now, I'm getting a revelation of this thing, more importantly even than 10th, is the first. If I give to God first, everything else will be blessed. I would rather have everything else in my bank account blessed, whatever it is. I don't care if you make $5 a week. I'd rather, you know, give 50 cents to God first and have 450 blessed in my account than to keep $5 and have all of it cursed. A cursed $5 in your account is going to last from Friday to Sunday. But a blessed 450 will last you the whole month. Come on, somebody. I'd rather have it blessed in my account. Now, let me just, uh, so much more, but we, we got plenty of time. Let me just say this. Now, I want to leave you with this. God, I'm not being legalistic about this thing. See, that? don't, don't go away thinking that. I'm not being legalistic. Okay, so in other words, if, if we get paid, you know, I get paid, my wife gets paid, and then before we can come to church, she goes and writes a check to Kroger, and then I say, oh, my God, now we're just, we're cursed. Okay? I'm not saying, I'm not being legalistic. Here's, but here's what, here's what we do. Here's what we do. I'm just being transparent is we know whenever, whenever I get paid, whenever she gets paid, we already know it's set aside. Even though she may not write that check first just because of life, you know, we're not, uh, or you may write the check first and set it aside. But even though we may not do that, we already know it's portioned out on our budget. We know we're, we cannot spend that, right? We cannot spend it. That's, that's portioned out. So what she has to go to the store with is this amount. By clo- whatever it is we're going to do, that's what we have. That part is set aside. That's what I'm talking about. Give it, and, and that's first. So we, we've never, uh, I can't remember a time when we missed tithing. If we have, it was when we were first married years ago. We've not done it simply because, and it's not, uh, you know, I'm not puffing our, us up. I'm just saying that that's just what I believe because I believe it. I believe in it. If you came over to my house and, uh, and, and you did some work for me, just say you did some work for me, some landscaping work, whatever it is, and I said, okay, that is uh, $1,000. You say that's $1,000 for that work. 
And I say, wow, that's a lot of money just for this flowers. But I say, okay, that's fine. I'll pay you for it. And then, so I give you 10 $100 bills, okay? How much is the tie? $100. That's all the math majors. See, some of you had to get your iPhone out, but, I, you know, get the calculator. But $100, right? All right, because it, that's the 10th. You know, tithe means 10th. Okay, but how, which one is it? The first one, you said the first one because you've, uh, you've been listening to the message. That's very good. So how do, you, how do you know which one is the first one? Well, it's because it's the first one that you spend the first, or set aside, right? You have that set it aside. If you're, not, if you're not in church or you can't give a tithe, set that thing aside. Listen, I'm only telling you this to help you. I'm not saying this because, listen, God does not need your money. God has everything. He gave you the money you have. I mean, come on if we want to be realistic about it. So it's not that he needs... This is about your heart. And we're going to talk about a heart issue. This is all about your heart. And I'm using money because it's the easiest thing for us to use because we have to have it in order to live. You know, but it's your, your whole life. This is all about your whole life. I'm just telling you this to help you. A lot of you are great givers. Uh, and so I, I'm not chastising that, but I'm, th- I'm just saying there's a principle behind what we're doing and the way we need to be a giver. God has to be first in our life. Amen.